Right. Okay. Okay. Podcast time. Boon Doggle Podcast Series 2. Series 2. We've been away for six months or a few. We're going to be back here with you. Gonna gotta have some stories to tell. We're gonna get down with the cool people. sound sounds like the boondoggle season two the actual book because i managed to find it it took me uh, a good few months but uh yeah and managed to find uh another book full of stories um for another series because i'm alex boone and this is the boondoggle podcast a podcast where i tell stories from a book that i found Look, so over the uh, the gap between season one and two, I've had a few comments from people saying that, well, a few people thinking that I wrote the book. And uh, I just had to clarify right now, I didn't. I found the book. I'm not going to tell you where I found the book, but I'm just going to tell you that I found it. And that is all you need to know. So that's the well, that's what this podcast is, though. It's just where I, yeah, tell stories from this book that I found. And yeah, it's just that and just uh, general rambling nonsense. Um, sometimes it's hard to decipher which are stories, uh, which is nonsense from my own head. Because let's face it, they're basically uh, children's stories, but with a bit more smut. If you took out the swearing and some sexual references, there's some some drugs references in some of them as well. If you took out that, you know, it wouldn't go amiss on the shelves next to Roald Dahl. But this is for a more mature audience who can handle some bad language. But yeah, we're doing it differently, season two. You might have noticed season one was a bit slapdash, a bit, um, you know, wang it out there, see what happens. This time, I've got notes in front of me. I've got, I'm reading, I mean, you might not, you might not be able to tell, but this intro, this is, it's not scripted, but it's planned to some extent. It's got things that I've got to say. And if I don't say them, then I failed. Uh, so this season, we're doing um, 12 episodes instead of six. But we're going to do two episodes, a, st- uh, a podcast. Just uh, popping in here to say, when I said episodes, I meant we're going to do two stories a podcast. Okay, carry on. That is because we want to, you know, last series, you had six episodes. 
And the trouble with that is, by the time you get to episode six, that's just when people are starting to hear about it. And then it's over. But this time, 12 episodes, we'll get some traction, get some retweets from some uh, minor celebrities. Uh, not, um, what's her name? Je- who's the one that, uh, the, who's the, the, the only way is Essex woman? But not her. What's her name? The one that fell down the hole. Oh, God, it's lost me now. Um, anyway, a retweet from her. I don't think it's the audience. A retweet from... Who would be the... Uh, retweet from Reese Shearsmith. If he, uh, if he got this out to his followers, we might be getting somewhere. Or... Um, Michael Rosen. Um, yeah, if they if if they get if they we get a retweet from them, uh, oh yeah, I haven't even got Twitter. Right, set up a Twitter number one, then get a retweet. Because oh yeah, I was meaning to say I've got an Instagram now, uh, the Boondoggle Pod, so you can send me all your well, hopefully um, fan mail. You can send me criticism if you like, but I have to remind you, I didn't write it. I found the book. Okay? So if any of you have any criticisms of the stories, you can direct them to the general internet. Um, yeah, so I've got uh, a website as well, theboondogglepod.co.uk. Again, just uh, popping in here to say uh, that's the wrong website. It's just theboondoggle.co.uk. What's the point of making notes to mention a website if you don't even note down what the actual website is? It's worse than not saying the website at all. So things are going well so far. Anyway, back to the pod. Um, which I did make on Squarespace, although I'm not sponsored by them, but if they want to sponsor me... I wouldn't say no. Uh, so yeah, I guess if I want to get some retweets, I'll have to get a Twitter. Uh, so hopefully uh, that will be out soon. Uh, the Boondoggle Pod, if that's not taken, I highly doubt it. Uh, and then yeah, we'll get some traction. And then because if you were listening to season one, you probably would have said to your friends, um, "Have you you heard the Boondoggle Pod?" And they'd just be like, no, what the hell are you on about? But this time, you'll say to your friends, have you heard the Boondoggle Pod? And they'll say, they'll still say no, but they'll say, I've heard of it, but it's not for me. Um, so it's progress. See, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not aiming too high, but I'm aiming for a little bit of a... Uh, you know, progress. Something to get the um, the ball rolling. Because I did, after, I was furloughed during an episode for season one. And part of me did think, um, I'm never going to have to work again. I was thinking, yeah, you furloughed me for now, but this is goodbye. Uh, but little did I know it wasn't goodbye. 
and uh, now I'm back in uh, back in Manchester, and uh, I am back in employment. Well, I mean, it was you know, but some people say I'm one of the lucky ones. So yeah, we've got some new characters, got some new um, some old characters. And as well as that, we'll have some uh, some top quality Wiffle, Waffle, Bants, and uh, can you have Bants if you're on your own? Well, there's a question. If a man has banter and nobody's there to have banter with him, has he had banter? This is one of the troubles of doing a podcast on your own. Partly seems like you're going mad in a room. I guess that's part of the fun of it. But we must proceed on with story number one. And this one is called Mr. McNaughty's Probably Bought It. We'll have a jingle next week. For now, let's crack on with Mr. McNaughty's Probably Bought It. Toby McNaughty was one with the sofa. Well, it looked like it anyway. His arse had sunk so far into the crevice where the top cushions meet the bottom cushions that all that was visible were his massive hands, his hefty legs and, of course, his face. In front of him sat the telly. Beautiful telly. The magic box. As long as he had the telly, was there any point in moving? Food? No. Toby McNaughty had that sorty. Sorted, I mean. Thanks to the newfangled technology of voice-activated technology. Now, the author of this uh, story has uh, stupidly put the word technology twice in the same sentence and doesn't take a genius to realise that that's a bit of a faux pas in the literary world. But, on we go. Oh, Jennifer Love, he called from his wedge position. How's it get? Mm, right. Hey, hey, Toby. Hey, Toby. Right. How's it going, Toby? How's it going, Toby? What can I help you with? I'm bloody hungry. <coughs> oh, oh, excuse me. Better up than in our old set. Oh, oh. She laughed. You do say that, don't you, Toby? Really funny. I hear there's a new pizza place up in up the road. El Fromagio's. Oh, cheers, love. I don't know if I'm feeling pizza today. Oh, took me by surprise, that one. Toby, you don't know what you want. Give El Fromaggio's a chance. Give Pete's a chance. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, you're telling jokes now. Bloody, thought I was the funny one. Go on then, pizza it is. So the pizza was ordered, and within 20 minutes, the pizza was in Toby's mouth. 
Mm. Is that a, is that a literary faux pas? Now he's done. Whoever wrote this, he or she, they've put pizza again in the same sentence, but perhaps that was intentional. Who knows? Of course, the front door was on the latch. It had been ever since Toby began to slip into the sofa. He thought, I'll probably be here for a while. So he put the door on the latch and returned to his wedged position. That was a month ago. He'd been robbed five times since then. The open door policy is a real double-edged sword. Oh, I burnt them. That was not even in character. That was just me. I just had a nice little smoothie. Bargain hunt ended and it was his time for his favourite bit. The adverts. A woman popped onto the screen. There she is. She was beautiful. A charming smile. Hey, Toby. Oh, check out the breasts on that. Yes, she had nice breasts too. Is your floor a mess? He looked around at his floor. It was a mess. Oh, you bet it is, Jennifer. I thought so. I've got the thing for you. Mega Suck, a super powerful vacuum cleaner. So much power, you'll be lucky to keep the floor down. Oh, Jennifer, good one. Two hundred and forty-nine ninety-nine. Oh, bit steep. But with that mega suck power, your house will look phenomenal. Oh, suppose it could do with a spruce up. Jennifer, get me one of those mega sucks, would you? Ordered and on the way, she replied from his phone. Fan bloody tastic. Cheers, Jen. In a few days, the delivery driver arrived. He pushed the door open and saw Toby McNaughty in his wedged position. Afternoon, Toby. Afternoon, Toby. So he's another. It'll be another Yorkshire, another Yorkshire, but not but not like that. Afternoon, Toby. Still wedged. Oh, looks that way. Where do you want this, then? With the rest of it? Yep, the floor in the walk-in cupboard. The delivery man placed it down on top of a pile of unopened boxes. You're gonna open this, son? One day, mate, one day. See you next week, then. So the Mega Suck remained on the floor, along with a number of other useless products. For example, an avocado slicer, a dog whistle, one of those cat pencil sharpeners where you stick the pencil up his ass, and a shoehorn. A lot of these products could be useful, but for a man wedged in the sofa, it's all tut. Although I suppose the shoehorn could come in handy. He had bought far more of these products, but since he kept leaving the door on the latch, he'd been rubbed five times, as I said earlier. On and on, the TV continued. If your eyes could just go, if your eyes could go square from watching too much telly, Toby's would be. But they can't. That's just a lie your parents tell you to stop you watching telly. 
Every so often, he'd see something and laugh. Or maybe he'd see something he liked and he'd say, Bloody hell, I like that. Why is there not more of that on telly? And Jennifer listened through his phone. And somebody, somewhere, noted something down. Toby McNaughty enjoys escape to the chateau. I don't know why I did a robot's voice there. Uh, could just be a normal human. Um, it occasionally crossed his mind that money was running low. He had no job. How can you have a job when you're wedged in a sofa? Can you name one job that requires sofa wedgement? No. Think about it. Yes, he used to have a job. He was a cycle courier. Mr. Fit indeed. But when he got his new subscription to Lovely Life, that went out the window. Jennifer started appearing everywhere. He tried going out to work, but she'd say, Oh, come on, Tobes. There's something good on tonight. What? What do you like? I suppose Michael Portillo's train journeys aren't bad. Well, that's on. It wasn't meant to be on, but when you get a subscription to Lovely Life, you get access to basically all the subscription services. Your iPlayers, your Primes, your Flixes. So Jennifer put it on. But just before it, she popped up and flogged him a bloody cement mixer. That was his first purchase. He slowly grew attached to Jennifer's comforting presence on TV and quit his job. Now he had no money. It's basic economics, supply and demand. There was a lot of demand for his money, but no supply of money. Therefore, no money. Soon enough, the great stink of Toby McNaughty began to waft its way outside, its build, outside his building. Now, what do you think a sofa-wedged man smells like? Shit. That's what I think. It's likely many people smelt it and didn't investigate because, you know, unless it's your job or someone you're supposed to look after, you'd keep away from shit. But Toby had a nosy neighbour, Sandra. Now, what does Sandra sound like? Hello, Toby. Toby, Mr. McNaughty. Blimey, it does stink in here, doesn't it? She pushed the door open and saw the mess. And Toby. Oh, you're not dead? She said with a disappointed tone. Oh, bloody hell, Sandra, get out of here. Leave me in bloody peace. What are you doing in there? Shouldn't you do something? Go for a walk? Something like that? Oh, 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 excuse me. Me and Jen are good here. Who's Jen? Ooh, look, you've got a lot of post here. What's this? Urgent? You should read this. Here, I'll read it for you. She picks up the letter and looks inside. Ooh, blimey. Mr McNaughty. Looks like your internet bill hasn't been paid. Excuse me? Says here, due to unpaid money, we are cutting your internet subscription. Jennifer, what's this all about? He shouted to his phone, but there was no reply. Who's Jennifer? There is no Jennifer. Jennifer! Jennifer! Toby! He sobbed. 
no internet, no job, no Jennifer. Now what? You've gone botty, Mr McNaughty. I'm off. And she left Toby to wallow in his mess. After an hour of wallowing, he came to the only available conclusion. I must find Jennifer. So, that was story number one of um, the first episode of season two. I think I will keep, I'll call it episode seven still, because I haven't worked out how to separate the seasons on my podcast medium. So for all intents and purposes, this is season two, but it'll still appear on um, on your podcast medium as episode seven, um, just because... Um, Oh, wait, let me just put my big pink jacket back on. Yeah, it'll appear as episode seven. Frankly, because I don't... Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, because I don't know how to separate the seasons. And because, like, when we get to 100, that'll be, like, a big moment. If I've been doing, um, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. If I've been doing oh six, and start and then get to twelve and start from one again, you're not gonna know when you get to episode a hundred. Um, this time, this way, you'll see, like oh, it's a hundred, and then I'll probably do something special, um, like do it from uh, the rooftop or something like that. Um, anyway, that's a long way off. Um, so this story, uh, well. It's, uh, so we see our, our little Toby. Well, I don't need to explain it to you, do I? Toby. He's, uh, oh, I'm too hot with this jacket on and too cold with it off. Have I got COVID? No. I'm cold. Um, Toby. Toby, Toby, Toby. Toby McNardy's probably bought it. Toby McNardy's probably bought it. That could be the... Uh, I'm doing a jingle afterwards. Anyway. Yeah, so... Toby signed up for a thing called Lovely Life. If you didn't get that. And Lovely Life... Well, it seems to be one of those companies. Uh, kind of like Google. They're basically like... It's, you know, it's your home assistant. It's your Siri... It's your Amazon Alexa, your Google Home. But Lovely Life is... They've got a personalised one. They've got your Jennifer. And, uh, well, Toby's got quite an attachment to Jennifer. And so, you know, uh, enough of an attachment to keep him wedged in his sofa. And now, now she's gone, he's going to find her. And so it looks like we've got um, it's a bit of a love story in a way, um, but oh, so hot now. It's a love story um, at the moment. Is it? Is it a love story? If I don't know. As I said, I found these stories, so I don't know what they're about. 
what last series I was doing morals at the end of every uh, story. So let's see if we can extract something from this one. Uh, so um, what happened? I'm just flicking up it now. I'm just trying to skim. So the moral, I guess, is that love is a cruel mystery. No, love, um, you know. Love works in mysterious ways and love can be so debilitating sometimes that it will restrict us to our sofa. Uh, but then love can also be so uh, positive and life-affirming that it will draw us from our sofa. Love does things. Love changes your relationship with sofas. Let's uh, carry on with uh, story two of this week. And it's your friend of mine, Timmy Timmy Wav. Hey, I'm Tim. I live in the mountains. I am a really chill guy. Come to my pub. Grab yourself a drink, but please don't kill my vibe. If you want to live like me, take a breath and then you'll see. This story is called The Unfairest of the Seasons. How does he talk in? The snow's a bit patchy in areas now. Coming up to the end of the season, though, so you know, I'm not complaining. What a season we've had in the Alps. And what a night we had at Le Jolie Bois last night. You should have seen it. Those seasonaires, they sure know how to party. Oh, <laughs> to, be, to be young and free again. The sex they must be having. Season air, more like season year. So Tim Wav ended his weather update and clicked back into his skis. The sun was out and there was nothing to worry about. He pushed off and glided across the snow, putting in a smooth turn here and there. He looked to his right and saw the folly douche, a symbol of everything he hated. He shook his head to reflect this and then heard a scraping sound. He looked down to find the snow had ended, and he was now skiing on grass and rocks. What the bloody heck has happened here? He announced to no one in particular. He paused to look down on the mountain. No snow at all. It stopped just in line with the folly douche. Something fishy is going on, and it sure as hell smells like Francois Le Poisson. What? said a passing skier. He stopped to listen. I said, something fishy is going on, and it smells like Francois Le Poisson. Tim repeated. Oh, uh, who's, who's that? He runs that place there. Uh, oh. Okay. So the skier carried on, slightly perturbed that Tim's announcement didn't concern him. He kicked off his skis and marched towards the party hub of the Alps. Door, the door was ajar, and he snuck into the belly of the beast. The building rumbled with the snores of François Le Poisson. Tim marched up to the office and knocked on the door. Uh, come in. Tim entered. I've been uh, expecting you, said François. You would have said that whoever came in the door, said Tim. Why would I uh, do that? 
to give you an air of confidence and intimidation, you prick. Oh, come on, uh, out with it, you puny English man. What is your problem this time? Where's the snow, Francois? I don't know what uh, you are talking uh, about. The neige, mate. Il n'y a pas de neige, asshole. There seems to be a perfectly uh, adequate amount of uh, neige around here. He looks out the window and sniggers. There does, doesn't there? Why would that be? What are you uh, accusing me of, Mr. Tim? You think I control uh, the weather now? Oh, you, you do think much of me. Oh, come off it, you bastard. I think very little of you. You're hiding something and I know it. Tim stormed over to the single cupboard in the room and opened it, revealing a stash of at least 30 hair dryers. That was easy, said Tim. Ah, you have forgotten me. I like to have dry hair. Oh, the police are going to lock me up and throw away the key. Shut your face, Francois. You've melted the snow off half the mountain because you're jealous of the sweet vibes at Le Jolie Bois. And so what? So? Tim was wound up, but he was not a fighting man, so he took himself out of the situation. As we all should do when we are pent up with rage. Once again, Mr. Wav is a beacon of hope. Now Tim was faced with the task of getting back to Le Jolie Bois over all this grass and rock. If it was a challenge for Tim, then it sure as hell was going to be a challenge for his customers. This would be a nightmare for business. He pointed his skis downhill and set off. Flipping shit bags! He bumped along. You can't turn on grass, you have to go straight down. Bloomin' heck, Malcolm! His head shook about like a Churchill dog. Before he knew it, he had walloped himself into Le Jolie Bois. He was out cold. He woke up to the siren song of his patrons and staff. Master of the house, Timmy Timmy Waff. Everybody loves the landlord. Skeety to the wall, friend of us all. Everybody loved Tim Wab. When his eyes opened, he was laid out on the pub floor with his staff standing above him. Something smells fishy and it smells like le poisson. He repeated the line again. Someone had to hear it and appreciate his wit. And they all laughed. Oh, blimey, Tim. What's the Francois done now? He's assembled a team of yobs and melted half the snow off the mountain with hair dryers. Right, 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 that's it. We're going to do it. We're going up there to kick his tits into next week. Hey, Linda, you know that's not my style. I'm a cool guy. The snow will come back eventually. Let's take it easy. It was clear Linda wasn't happy with this option. She was a go-getter, but she had enormous respect for Tim Wab, so she kept her cool. That evening, however, the pub was dead. Of course it bloody was. No one could get down over all the grass and rocks. What did you think they were going to do? Wallop themselves into the wall like Tim did? 
That would have been worse than no business at all. Tim sat around, dejected and hopeless, praying for the snow to return. Eventually, he went to bed. But his friends didn't. That includes his staff, because his staff were his friends. They set to work. Tim woke in a weary fashion. He pulled back his curtains, hoping to see a mountain of snow outside his window. Who was he kidding? It was April. He might as well close the pub now. Season over. Thank you, Mr. Francois Le Poisson. Of course, he could still enjoy his own skiing, as long as he could get over the grass and rocks on the way home. He picked up his skis and headed out the door. At the sight of what he saw, Tim dropped his skis. Right. Right, so the author of the Boon Dog, the Boon the Boo Doggle book, has another... The sight of what he saw. The sight of what he saw. This has got to get better. Well, you know, I didn't write it, so... I don't know who I'm talking to there. But at the sight of what he saw, so if these do get published by Penguin or other publishers, I'm not trying to exclude anyone else, you know. I just can't think of any. I will, uh, yeah, you know, we'll edit them, you know. We'll tighten things up a bit. So at the sight of what he saw, Tim dropped his skis. Looking up the mountain, he could make out a trail of white about two metres wide, snaking its way down to Le Jolie Bois. On either side, there was just grass and rocks, but that was no bother. His friends had created a pathway to happiness. What a great bunch. Tim took the chairlift up and witnessed their work. Obviously, there would still be loads of crashes because you can't turn on a bit of snow that wide, but at least people would make the effort now. But where had they got all this snow from? Well... It was all revealed as the chairlift glided over the folly douche, where no snow could be seen in a 50-metre radius. Success! Kitching! thought Tim. Francois Le Poisson stood on his balcony in his tight underpants. As he gazed upon the handiwork of Tim's loyal pals, he exploded with rage, setting off a small avalanche in a neighbouring valley. Tim grinned to himself, safe in the knowledge that tonight would be a joyous affair. And it was, once the festivities were dying down and the tills were booming. They lifted Tim above their heads and chanted, Master of the house, TBTBWAV, everybody loves the landlord, wouldn't hurt a fly, Lord, what a lovely guy, everybody loves Jim Wav. goes so we all remember Timmy Wav a beacon of hope for us all I do worry that the uh, including you know a skiing based uh, story will put off because it's like a notoriously bougie sport so is it, I hope it doesn't put off uh, people thinking oh no it's just the privileged folk because it's, well, one, remember I didn't write them, and two, uh, you know, it's all about uh, uh, Mr. Tim Wav keeping things pure. He's rebelling against the, the bougie the bougie side uh, of the, the mountain life, the people that just go to party, and Tim's a purist at heart. 
and so it's yeah come on don't don't be put off by uh you know there's stories for all we uh we appeal to all demographics on the boondoggle podcast uh you know i mean if i was to say a moral the moral is always the same with old timmy wav it's just be nice be a good be a good guy and your friends all although hmm, it's a bad moral because it's like hmm, be a nice guy and just let your friends sort your problems out which probably isn't a good way of um you know going about your life because you could just be a nice guy and then your friends are like oh you said um just leave it and things will improve and then and then nothing improves because you just expect your I mean he doesn't even expect his friends to do anything but sometimes you need to be a go-getter and one could argue that I mean although Tim lives a zen style life um sometimes he needs to take action so I'm not saying that Tim's uh, the ideal kind of guy. I'm just saying he's one. He's a type of guy. He's definitely a type of guy. And Linda's a type of gal. And there's contrasting aspects. All right. So there we have it. Um, how is the end of story two? And now on to the outro. <laughs> in the outro i guess i need to say all the things like uh you know because we're organized this time we've got notes although i've just realized all my notes about the intro and not the outro but this is a professional podcast and professional podcasts have a thing that they say in the outro that you know it's like a catchphrase uh so uh, the usual things you know give us five stars tell us about your favorite story that you've heard on the podcast um and yeah check out the website i'm gonna post um i'm gonna post like old stories from season one and then some general ramblings of my own, perhaps. Uh, and then, yeah, so hopefully the whoever wrote uh, the Boondoggle book, um, yeah, they're not going to sue me for copyright reasons. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going to post them on the website. So check that out. Uh, gives, you know, five stars and all that on whatever you want on your, on your Twitters and your Instagrams, and all your podcast mediums. Um, and then I will say, see you later, boondoggers. Keep on boondoggling. No, I don't like that bit. I just say see you later. See you later, boondoggers. Adios. Hasta luego. No. See you later. Good sayonara. See you later. Keep on, see you later, boondoggers, and keep on boondogging.